Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast, a weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Magidson. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Awards Radar podcast, our special July 4th edition. You'll be hearing well after July 4th, because that's how poor planning works. Anyway, I am uh, I am Joey, and I am joined, as always, by Miles. Hello. And Steve. Hi, everyone. Hi, Dr. Nick. There's a chance that Ryan will be joining us at some point, but he also might still be asleep, so feel free to make fun of him next week for it. Or don't if we find out it was something serious, but we uh, I'm assuming he's just asleep. In any event, we are recording here on July 4th because we don't have better things to do. I don't know. TBD there. But we uh, wanted to get this episode out to you, and we have a couple things to do, including a game at the end of the show. As well as a longer chat about Zola, since uh, last week not everyone had seen it. And uh, I think also we're going to talk some more about Loki now that we're all caught up. So, in fact, let's start there. Um, Has anyone else noticed that the um, turn from part one to part two of each season for Marvel's uh, shows this year... Has uh, has been a big one, and sort of like either told you what the show is finally about or changed what the show was about. You mean like the halfway point of this of the series? Yeah, so like episode yeah. four here or episode you know five and another point. There, this is like so at this point in Loki, as Miles sort of hinted last week, we some big things go down. At this point in WandaVision, um, Evan Peters showed up. Um, at this point in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, um, U.S. agent killed the guy in broad daylight. So this seems to be where they do that thing where you're like, oh, I think this is what you're getting at. If you created a chart or a graph, I think it would follow the same path. It's, uh, you know, which works, but, um, Do you mean to suggest that Marvel Studios follows a formula? (laughs) Maybe, just maybe. No, I mean, I think it works. I mean, it certainly makes for effective television, especially when you know there's only, like with both Falcon and Loki, there's only six episodes. So each episode has to be pretty impactful. And I think they've done a good job of that while sort of keeping you constantly being like, well, what's going to happen next? For sure. Um, Where do we think it's going to go? So how, I guess it's, I guess we have to talk about what actually happened, right? Yep. Yeah. Spoilers if you haven't seen it, but also that's on you. Yeah, I mean, we, we've been doing it every week. If you haven't gathered, we're going to continue. Also, to be clear, we're talking about up to episode four, since this podcast will probably come out after episode five is out. Yes. So if something even newer and crazier happened, that's also something we will So enjoy our predictions with. for something that have already been proven wrong, most likely. Like I said, poor planning. Enjoy your laughs. Yeah. Uh, so... Where we're at now, um, it appears that Owen Wilson is is pruned, but that sort of uh, feels up in the air as well, because at the very end of the show, the same thing happens to Loki, and he does not die. Exactly. So what is pruning, really? Because 
visually it's always looked like oh they're being disintegrated into nothing but now it's seeming much more likely that they're just being transported somewhere yeah to some alternate mm-hmm. time um, line yep right. and where that is we uh, are not sure though we find out in the uh, mid credits that it is a place and it seems to be a place with uh, multiple Lokis including uh yeah i think we see three four 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 i mean oh yeah you're right don't forget uh, about a gator loki yeah so i'm looking at the image right now we have um one loki holding a version of mjolnir or at least a hammer of some description yeah, yeah the credits list him as boastful loki interesting for a silent one we have a uh, child Loki mm-hmm. who is holding an alligator with Loki's uh, crown on it. So I guess Loki can be a lizard. And then we have um, what I think is the one that people are enjoying the most, which is Richard E. Grant in sort of the, the classic old school comic book uh, Loki uniform. Yeah, that's, that was great. That was delightful. I've heard some comparisons to this is the worst comic book costume or comic book movie costume since um, uh, Magneto at the end of First Class. But I think whereas that one was a movie that was sort of wanting to be taken seriously and the costume looked ridiculous, here they're obviously trying to make it look not ridiculous, but they're doing the WandaVision thing where you want comic accurate, here's as comic accurate as you're going to get. Yeah, he looked like yeah. somebody who was bit at Comic-Con who was just maybe a little too old, but had the guts to go out there and still wear that costume that they've been sewn together 30 years before. So I, I loved it. I was really happy yeah. to see it. And every year... Richard E. Grant for fucking wearing it. Yeah. <laughs> and every year, my, uh, Steve hopes to be that guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm inching my way toward that. I still have to sew on my pants. Yeah. Well, you know, one diet left. So what do we think is going to happen? Keeping in mind, again, we're going to be wrong. Because something's already happened. Uh, well, I absolutely called it that the timekeepers themselves were a bit of a Wizard of Oz situation because they're revealed to just be mindless robots that are clearly doing the bidding of someone or something else. Um, I've heard th- theories that uh, Renslayer, the Gugumbatha Raw character, is behind it all, but she seems more like she doesn't seem like she's in control. She seems like sort of you know the runner-up or sort of you know the Dwight Schrute of the situation. Yeah. Um, I've heard Kang the Conqueror, who we do know is going to be played by Jonathan Majors in the next Ant-Man film, and presumably is being set up as the next Thanos-level threat. But if that's the case. Same with, you know, Reed Richards showing up in WandaVision. I just find it hard to believe that they would use, like, the last few episodes of this show to introduce him. Mm-hmm. I My personal theory is that it's going to be, because now we've seen, you know, like, four different Lokis, plus Sylvie's a Loki. We got Lokis for days. I think it would be very on-brand for the show for whoever's behind the TVA to also be a Loki of some sort. I initially yeah. thought it might be Richard E. Grant as an old Loki, but he seems like he's part of this little group here. So maybe it's the president Loki that we've seen from the trailers. Maybe it's someone else entirely. Um, but I think that would be that would fit the sort of snake eating its own tail nature of this whole show being a character exploration of Loki, and would probably be more satisfying than it just being some character we've never seen before. Yeah, true. I'm on board. With I that. mean, yeah. So. I, I saw, I've seen the several, I've seen the things you've mentioned. 
I also saw one that um, said that if you turn over the TVA uh, logo, it looks like the initials for Drew Louis Dreyfus's villain, but she's not even like per se a um, villain since she's putting together like more of a Suicide Squad than like a bad guy Avengers team. Yeah, she's more of an Amanda Waller type character, and I don't even and she doesn't deal with like the supernatural stuff or all this sort of high concept thing. She's a much more grounded character, so that would be a stretch, I think. Yeah, no, that's that's one of those like things that doesn't happen. And yeah, Marvel doesn't introduce their char- their big things in a way that Kang would be the villain here. Now, last episode mid credits sequence. Uh, that's a possibility. Especially if there's some degree of, like, quantum realm revelation going on. Because they do seem to want to feed their other movies, so... Oh, sure. I I think something will happen at the end of this series that will have, like, dire implications for especially things like Spider-Man 3 and um, and the next Doctor Strange. Yeah. Or, or like, I mean, there, you know, maybe, maybe the TV8 is located in the quantum realm. Or something like that. Oh, that's not a. Ba- I haven't heard that one before. That could work. Yeah, and then that would okay. be your sort of backdoor to to hint at Kang, if not. Yeah, there was a there's a uh, it's a poster or a graphic that people zoomed in on that's saying, oh, the TVA is, is actually in the quantum realm. So um, that's a theory that's maybe. That's I mean, the TVA is wherever it wants to be. Yeah, but you know, already setting it up that in pre Loki that it's uh, it's already part of. The, the planning future, uh, going forward. So here's a question. When this all wraps up, do we see Loki again? Does Loki, a version of Loki, you know, maybe Sylvie, uh, continue on throughout uh, and, you know, maybe joins up with uh, Julie Louis-Dreyfus's character or something? Or, or is this the end of Loki as we know him, her, and it? More likely, I would say, the child Loki for, like, that Young Avengers thing they're getting at. Well, yeah, they keep they keep dropping these younger characters, so oh, I yeah. think Young Avengers has to be coming around the corner at some point. Um, that's a good question. I think if you had asked me like a few episodes ago, I would have said, oh, yeah, this is the setup for a show that can be, you know, Loki and Owen Wilson just going around mm-hmm. and, you know, having time travel adventures. But like, especially now that the TVA is kind of revealed to be, if not completely bullshit, at least a little bullshit, that doesn't seem super likely anymore. I mean, I yeah. think... They'll bring Owen Wilson back for sure. I don't think he. This is the last we're seeing of him, um, and I think it would be foolish of them not to have a scene in the final episode where he's on a jet ski. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I have to say though, I was disappointed that episode three we had no Owen Wilson, and then they bring him back, and then they you know they prune him. I'm like, come on! I, I like the chemistry between Loki and uh, and Mobius, and it was so limited. I thought. From episode one, I'm thinking, geez, we're gonna, this is gonna be your show, and it keeps shifting right. and changing, which I like, but I, uh, you know, well, I'll yeah. see how it, uh, how it all pans out. I'm not sure if I'm gonna really love it because I'm still on the fence as to where I, I sit. I mean, I'll, I wanna, I wanna move on, but I will just say, <clears throat> you're right, and I think it's interesting that um, Thor also is similar in that these are characters who don't see Loki as straight villains, and that's where we get the Lokis we enjoy the most. I think. When you have a a buffer or someone who's like, you know, you don't have to be just evil or, a, you know, mm-hmm. that's what uh, you hear in this one. But in Ragnarok, you hear, you know, Thor say, no, I think the world of you. You just have to stop trying to kill me, you know, like 
That's that's the really only thing I don't like about you. I'm paraphrasing. Exactly. Also, real quick, um, shout out to we got the first look at um, or we got the return of Jamie Alexander as Lady Sif for the first time since Thor: The Dark World. I like the little Loki's like limbo hell that they send him to, where it's just a constant loop of her showing up and beating him up. I thought that was great. Indeed, I am. Well, I'm looking forward to see what happens. We'll be talking next time. Potentially having seen everything except the last episode, we'll figure that out. I think that's where we're going to be at. But uh, TBD there. So more on Loki soon. And uh, it turns out I'm right, so everyone can make fun of him. Ryan is here. He oversleeps. I did oversleep. Ryan. I'm so sorry. Well, I'm luckily so sorry. he did oversleep, so we don't have to hear his uh, Marvel bashing. Yeah. Well, well unfortunately, well, if you want he, to, he Uh-oh. came armed for. Hold on. Man. He, no, no, no. Because uh, I don't think you can take both things. Because next we're talking Zola, and uh, I, I hinted. A, I've hinted over the course of weeks and said how much I liked it last week, but. I wanted to talk more about it today because I had uh, essentially ordered Miles to see it, and he obliged. And uh, Ryan has seen it. So, uh, basically, you know, we always agree. So I'm sure this will be a uh, very short segment where all we do is talk about why it is, in fact, the best movie of the year. Yeah, it's it, it's not. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, well. Um, it's one of the most disappointing films of the year, that's for sure. You're one of the. Um, you're one of the most disappointing <laughs> films of the year. I um I I think I'm the only one um like on most of the people that I follow on Letterbox that does not really like it, and um I I think I gave it two out of five on Letterbox, and I think it's because of a lot of the overhype, and I didn't watch any of the trailer or anything, but I think it's really just another typical A twenty four film set in florida it's not it's it looks a lot like uh something from the realm of spring breakers or now have you read the tweets no that was the thing i did not read the tweets until after so i went in completely Mm. blind to to see this is one of those rare cases where i i I think prior knowledge of something is a little helpful like it works but you don't yeah i think well there's no realm in which you need to sort of heard that it was what it was I mean, I I heard a plot synopsis, but I didn't hear like the, and then everyone was like, it gets crazy and it's twisty. And I was just like, okay. And then I watched, and well, then I, I mean, watched it and I was like, this is like a typical stripper gone bad film or. Yeah, no, it's know, not, it's not crazy in the like, oh, you've never seen anything like you know, it before. I we've think seen many the, movies like this before. You know? Yeah. The hook is more that it's based on a true story or mostly yeah. true story. If you read the, the Rolling Stone article, and I think it's more about the style in which it's yeah. done. And I think one of the things is if you don't know the tweets, you lose the fact that you hear the Twitter sound every time they directly quote from the yeah. tweet. And I thought that was a phenomenally cool yeah. touch. That is like, you know, it, it, the feel of the movie is that it's the most modern movie you could possibly be watching. Cause it's basically Twitter come to life. And, and the idea of like, you you know see all these people on social media and you don't know anything about their inner life you only know what's on the outside and very much that's what's sort of going on with your your zola who appears like she could just as easily be anyone else in the film but the little you get about her inside is i don't know she's the smartest person in the room 
So she's watching. Yeah, everything. I just thought they. She's not necessarily. I just involved. thought they underwrote. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I thought they underwrote the character, and I thought Coleman Domingo was very good. I thought Riley Keough. I've seen her play this sort of version before, and stuff like American Honey and and, and other films, and so I I didn't think it was really anything like groundbreaking for her. Um, I'm really interested in seeing what um this director does next. Um, and because it, it mm-hmm. would be. It's, it'd be sort of interesting to see what she does. Um, and Michael Levy's score, I was able to listen to after because I thought it was an afterthought while I was watching the film. But then I watched, uh, but then I listened to it afterwards and I thought it was pretty inventive and different. Um, I will say the, this, Joey, I think that there, this movie has no ending. Like it just ends. And it's, um, then I went back and I read the, the tweet thread. And there's an ending there that would have been there is, fantastic. Yeah, so that's going to be uh, Miles' main complaint in a moment, not to... Sorry, I didn't mean to step on uh, Miles. Um, no, 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 no. It's fine, you guys, because everyone... I, I mostly agree. It doesn't bother me in the same way, but even even um, Robert Hamer has a similar Yeah, and I, and I know... I'll, 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 read his, I'll read his quote mm-hmm. for you guys, because I believe he likes it. Sometimes you have to parse out his uh you know because he never full-on loves or hates anything uh which i think is great i think even when he watches something that's garbage he usually has like one little thing he throws in which is funny because everyone's vibe on him is he hates everything but so yeah so um he actually goes so far as to uh recommend the rolling stone article which is actually the other source material for the movie it's based on the tweets and the rolling stone article the Rolling Stone article does have the the full-on ending, but I would argue it doesn't uh, it doesn't fit the movie that we're watching. Like it's a whole other movie. I think if you were gonna do that, I think if you include the the more real ending, you have to like cycle through it periodically and and, and seed that in a way that you can't just uh, do. And then this happened. Then I it becomes like those <clears throat> biopics I hate. Yeah, where I the, think there's. The text on screen is better than the movie I just watched. I think watched. there's a way to do it. I think it could have been like, um, you know, I think that there, I think there's I mean, a way it, to do it with not going the full way with like the Coleman Domingo characters information, but definitely yeah, like yeah, you don't need that. But definitely just like a the call uh, between Keo and Paige at the end, and that and that the yeah, psych- that's you know, I mean, that would have been that would have been I, pretty good. I think I love it. But I do recognize that it's a it's choice. Yeah. Um, my my interpretation of it if it's it's like Twitter when you finish reading the thread it's over mm-hmm. like that's just how social media is. It's not fully fulfilling in that way. I think it's a choice, but I do recognize that you know as a like film thing as opposed to like a narrative choice, it's not the strongest. So here's what Robert said. And then we'll go to Miles. He said, I admired how Zola genuinely evoked the experience of Twitter, intermittently manic and languid, blending truth with bullshit, candid about events and immediate emotions, but opaque about inner lives, but this movie doesn't have an ending. Literally, it just stops. So, making some of the the points. Um, Yeah, I... I don't think they're, they're... They intended to have more and then didn't. But I, I do get that it's not a satisfying conclusion the same way that 
you know, I think the movie up until then is largely a, and it seems weird to say, but like almost a crowd pleaser. Like it is very, very fun while doing awful things. But I will also say it did a great job of pruning. Here we go. Uh, TVA style. Some of the, the things throughout the, um, the tweets that were maybe just like they would take you out of the movie. Like for those of you who know the, the tweets, there's a thing that Coleman Domingo's character does to Riley Keough's character that does not happen in the movie. And I think that's an excellent decision just because I think you would lose all. You're supposed to find him like dangerously charming while also clearly a bad guy. Mm-hmm. I think you would lose. There would be no, especially the same thing with the ending. Like if we yeah. full on knew what he was yeah. up to. You can't you can't like that character who becomes a monster. No. And you have to know like he the fun of the Coleman Domingo character is he could be a monster, but he also seems to like be like a, a chill yeah. dude. Like But in the tweet threads, why he is he this is way? a monster. And I think that, that yeah, yeah no. that scene it would have been I think that that would have been insane. Like I would have been like wow. I was I was sitting there going, Are they gonna yeah. do it? And they were they, they were very close. They were very close. Yeah. They they evoked the same mm-hmm. feeling that the tweets have of the like oh shit okay this is a turn yeah. um, but here let's see what Miles has to say yeah um, I think I'm probably somewhere in between you guys um, I really really liked it up to a point um, I'll get back to it but I, I'm kind of with both Robert and Ryan here and that I think the ending is the film's biggest uh, weak point. Um, But up until then, I really like uh, the direction. I really like the style of it. It feels like a movie that's a commentary on sort of social media and Twitter culture without necessarily being directly about that. Um, I think all the performances are great. I think, you know, even because I had read the Twitter thread and I even reread it shortly before watching the movie just to sort of remind myself. And so I did appreciate, you know, the little chirping sound whenever they were doing a direct quote. Um, I think there are a lot of really creative choices. I really love the bit, um, not quite in the middle, but like in the second half where um, there's a brief, um, you know, sort of short film in the sense of Stephanie revealing her version of events uh, and how it almost looks like the movie is starting over. I thought that was fun and clever. Um, There's a lot to love in it. Um, You know, it's very wild and I found it very entertaining. Um, So I did enjoy it a lot. That said, uh, yeah, that ending is just, I, I, it almost feels like it was a choice made for budget reasons more than anything else. I think the, um, the other big sacrifice is the, without giving anything away, sort of the last major thing that happens with uh, her boyfriend um, is much funnier in the tweets, and it's much more matter-of-fact in the film, yeah. and I don't think that necessarily works. I think the frustration for me is that a lot of the stuff they leave out of the ending is the stuff that I found the most interesting yep. out of the entire story. Mm-hmm. And I think by leaving that out there, A, you're denying a lot of sort of comedic slash dramatic potential, but also you don't even, again, without giving anything away, you don't even really fully get the sense that she got out at the end. Like it's, it feels kind like of she's ends trapped. well before there's yeah. any, yeah, it feels more like she's trapped than that the story does not feel over. And Joey, I know you're saying that that could be a whole nother movie, but they're not fucking making a Zola two. Like, no, 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 I'm not saying they're Zola going to, I'm saying, Boogaloo. I think 
Well, I think starters, starting any, that any second film would barely be about her because yeah. any most of the unresolved plot threads focus on the other characters yeah. and it wasn't their story. Yeah. Um, no, no, I mean, I, I don't mean a whole other movie in the sense of like, oh, they're saving it. I just think you're you're telling a different story, like you just yeah. said. And I don't maybe, think, but I think the I don't think the eighty minutes in... is that that other story has a less satisfying ending. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's where you come down to like what what the filmmaker's intent was and maybe they were maybe their choice was do we make a a 90 minute movie that but i think is a, is even a ride if you had or... literally just one other scene of her sitting in her apartment and getting that phone call that would have been enough to help it and it yeah like I it, mean, listen, you don't even there's... need to see anyone else you just need to hear the voice on the other side of the phone and you get it to give it I mean, some listen, sense of resolution right now there's no resolution it just stops and... for those for those who have not read the Rolling Stone article or the tweets, we can we can talk a little bit about what that would have been because we're talking about a movie no one's going to see. Yeah. Well, I so don't want well, to fill, fill in the blanks Steve. a little bit. Steve. Uh, yeah. I mean, he, he can, I mean, you can know what the what the actual thing that happened is because the movie doesn't do it. So doesn't that, Go ahead. I don't think that can ruin you, you, it for you him. You can discuss and I can take an ear, earphone off for a second. Right. Yeah, just probably do that, Steve. Because, you know, I don't, I don't want, yeah. that's the thing is I, I went in blind and I'd recommend, I, I think I recommend movies in general going in blind, but I think you're right, Joey. I, I went in blind, I didn't know much about it, and I think that that's okay, because then I learned later, you know, through the tweets and everything, and yeah, I, can, I could kind of tell, you know, when the dings were happening and, and stuff. I got the, the message about social media, and, and I, uh, uh, I thought that it was, I really didn't think that that was the point of the film. Um, by the end of it, I thought it was more about really this this one. It was almost like this girl was trapped here, and then it was about the pa- power dynamics b- between sex workers and, of course, pimps and and these girls that are trapped under the fingers. And I think that sort of the tragedy and downfall of if be careful of what you ask for, you know, because she asked to sort of go on this to escape her life, her humdrum life. And she found even worse trauma uh, than than what she normally has, and so I think it's more of a cautionary tale rather of about sex and power than it is about technology, Twitter. There's no, I, you know, just because they're on their phones a lot does not mean that it's you know, you know, having that sort of commentary to me. It's just oh right. Well, it's not about that. It's more that that's just a thread to sort of ground. Yeah, it. to ground it in reality. Of the but day. yeah, no. But I mean, like, I I think like that's how these people interact. Yeah, but I think the other. the ending, which is originally, uh, well, this this ending, I think Steve's gone. Um, this ending is is about. It basically ends with them driving Nicholas Braun to the hospital, and the real ending is they drive him. She gets out of there. Um, and then she gets a call a couple of months later, right, Joe? It's like four months later. A couple of days A couple later. of days later, I guess, yeah. and Which is even more wild. Yeah, and that they got caught in Vegas trapping, and mm-hmm. she's uh, Riley Keough's character's in prison, Stephanie, and that her, her pimp, which is Coleman Domingo in the film, was arrested for, he's actually a sex trafficker. And the twist that Joey was talking about earlier was, is that in the hotel room when nicholas braun is pleading riley keogh to leave and be with him 
she goes to Coleman Domingo and they he shows like a power move there in front of her boyfriend in real life, supposedly. I mean, this is all based off of a person's Twitter thread that by having that power move, she has sex with her pimp in front of her boyfriend. Keep in, keep in mind that uh, Coleman Domingo's ex is, uh, ex is the character. His fiance is also yes. in the room, and, I believe, at and the time. she's like totally fine with that. Yeah. Well, yeah. she's like holding a gun to uh, Nicholas Braun's head uh, while that's uh, going on, which is sort yeah, of, yeah. which I would have, I, I just, yeah, the whole movie probably would have been different for that scene alone. It just stops being, a, it stops being it fun. It stops being, yeah. And that's a well, thing. Well, I think it stops being well, fun when, you know, the night after they get all the money for the sex that, you know, Zola sort of sets up. I think that's when it stops yeah. being fun because then Coleman Domingo goes and like, you know, you know, he becomes really sort of. Selfish. Well, you see, you see the ominous yeah, stuff. But I think, I think they, I think a lot of the choices were made in the sense of like keep it a little fun. Yeah. I have something I want to read in a second, but I do, I do really appreciate the the change. And so the the Nicholas Braun character is a dimwit, oh, yeah. like he was in the tweets. He is in the movie. That's that's fine. They got that down in the yeah in the tweets. He even stupider in the sense of like how he gets wrapped up in like criminals. Like he's just like outside with one and tells them too much information and they rob him. And this one, at least he's hanging out with him a little yeah. bit longer. And it's but Jason he Mitchell. He so should have like, known that, better. That's the thing. Like too, well, like in real life, like, this know guy should have known he's part of, I don't know. Sorry. Anyway. Yeah. Well, at least well, in this one. Fu- yeah. He's, I mean, he's an idiot. He yeah. He's just an idiot. Yeah. yeah. And at least in this one, you're watching a little longer of like, oh, he's an idiot. But he's also like goofy, and this guy's goofy, and and you can tell something bad's gonna happen. But they're also like goofy dudes. It's it's a little more fun that moment as opposed to like, oh, that idiot. Yeah. Although um, the one it, thing, the one thing that another thing that they lost that I think would have given it a little extra texture is in the Twitter thread, he and Zola kind of have a heart to heart while. Um, uh, the Stephanie character is hooking and uh, you know, they get to know each other a little better and she finds out that he's like deeply bipolar and that explains yeah. some of his outbursts. Yeah. And you don't really get that sense from the movie at all. They, no, um, they have can... a scene that could almost start to be that with the two of them, but then it just never, well, you see, yeah, ends up yeah. you that. see that though. I, can... I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's kind of there, but like, I think it's, I think it's spelled out enough that if you just put a name on it, it, it it doesn't. Well, I think it's less. About, it's less about name dropping it, and it's more about the fact that those two characters, who are both just kind of along for the ride in this situation, have that moment of connection and have that moment of, you know, we understand where each other was coming from. Yeah. I think that moment of human empathy was kind of yeah. missing. So I, I think the, um, you know, there's two sides to this coin, and you guys don't make bad points in the slightest. Um, but I think the the other side of the coin, sort of more where I are, I'm on, uh, the yesterday Rolling Stone put out their review. Kind of weird that the art, the publication that. Yeah, why wouldn't the, they have that review already out? I guess, yeah, I like guess their Pete, review. I guess Pete had third it yet. review. Well, it's not even oh. by him; it's by Chaos. Oh, there the you Collins. go. Never mind. Um, they gave it four out of five stars, and their point was. Zola violates all the rules of good storytelling, which is why it works. Implausibility is one key to why Janixa Bravo's new feature is such a disconcerting, curious, abrasive, intelligent, surprising, and likely polarizing joy. And their point about the end is that the uh, the last look that Stephanie gives Zola in the backseat is there is like the conclusion. 
you know, it's the clincher. Stephanie's got problems with the movie, cares not to write her off so easily as a mere villain. She's trapped. Zola could easily be Stephanie in another situation, and that's kind of where they they mm. wrap up. Which again, I don't, I don't, I don't know I that you couldn't. No, I don't get that at all. I just include, think that the like it's it that scene right there at the end is. I hope we're friends. I mean, they definitely right? like this. Even though we went through all this shit. I mean, at it, least, it makes you know. it just seem like she has, like Stephanie is still the same person she was, and at the she beginning, is, and Zola's just over yeah, it, and, which yeah, it's, is it, which is not untrue, but that's not a satisfying final beat. No. no, I think. I mean, again, there is a way to do the bigger story. I just, I just think you you go down a rabbit hole of like, okay, this is if we tell this part, then we have to tell this part, then we have to tell this part. Then it's, I don't think you have to tell the I, Coleman Domingo part. I, I, think I think you just have to, to find very simply. Yeah. You have to find finality. Cause there's also stuff in the tweet threads about her going home to her boyfriend and, and just being like, I gotta go sleep. And I gotta go, <laughs> I gotta to, go sleep. to sleep. But then also there seems to be like, you know, you could have movified it if you wanted to. And she goes to him and, and realize that she made a mistake or she leaves him or whatever. That happened in real life. I mean, I, I mean, the compromise, the compromise pick. If you're going to do it, and listen, it could be, it could be that I'd love the movie even more this way, is to have the, it end on the phone call. I'm like, oh, okay, well, there's no helping her. Yeah. I don't know if that's any more satisfying though. No, I think it's I just, just a think, little more depressing I think the, because I think it, move, it gives yeah. some resolution to what happened to her, and it also it it confirms that Zola got away because yeah. as the movie ends. She didn't really. It's not even clear whether they're driving to the hospital or to the airport yeah. at the end. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I just think that when you do that, then you get more curious about, oh, even more so, the Stephanie character then says, like, no, Zola was the bad person. I was trying to get out, which they feed earlier yeah. on a little bit. Which is, which, but that's a lot I mean, more about what the end is I'd about. I like that sort of tonal shift where it starts to go to Stephanie's point of view. I just feel like that was also something that wasn't finished either. Like, I feel like... Huh? It was used as a flourish. Yeah, that, that didn't have a, a natural. And then it was like, it. and then it was like, oh, we just did that in one scene, and that's it. And I get that, but I was also too like, it would have been interesting if the film started playing with that duality, especially with an ending. Like you could have had that phone call between Stephanie and Zola in real life, the real ending, on the phone, and it could have been through both perspectives. And it would have been an interesting one, and it leaves the audience thinking, like, which one was actually right about this the whole time? Yeah. And Fair. if you're going to use a device like that for the other character, you do need to have payoff and finality, I think, a little bit. And so... Well, it remained... Yeah, I mean, like, I think but it's But I understand people like it. It's a very stylish film. Yeah. There's a, there is, you know, it, it for, for some, it, it's going to hit on a lot of those issues. For me, I just think that... It, it's like a Harmony Corinne riff off a little bit because it, in, in, you know, I, I think that a 24 does this. They have certain categories of films and this is definitely like in their Hey, isn't this kind of crazy, weird sort of category. Right. And uh, we all, and, and mostly people either really like them or they don't. These are, I think these type of films for May 24 are polarizing. They're divisive and they, have interesting discussion i just feel that since this is the first film for a lot of people that they've seen from a24 coming back to a theater whatever it is people are very high on it and it's like no there are some problems and, and joe at least you know that because a lot of people don't and it's sort of maddening that i mean i will say that it was largely beloved at sundance 
pre-pandemic. Yeah. So, like, it wasn't... I don't think it's liked because, oh, it's a movie. Yeah. Like, yeah, just when it was kind of one of... that point. I think people have been coming back to theaters enough now that... Well, I, yeah, I think that... I mean, I, I, don't even, that, I don't even know how it did. Did it do well over I, the weekend? I don't know, but I will... I, I feel like we would have heard of it. Yeah, but I, I think my... I, think I, think, I actually is, don't think the, the, like, indie box office is being reported Yeah, they're not. All but, Miles, I think it's because cares. it's... It's film Twitter's favorite, you know, studio. Yeah, but I think yeah. I think you put a little too much. Well, I just seen a lot of people. Well, no, I've seen a lot of people. Just critics as well. It makes me happy. It's, a, it's put, such a bubble. It doesn't. No, matter. Well, it's it doesn't matter. It's everyone. Actually, everyone I mean, does not want to have the conversation you, me, and Joey just had, which is a, an interesting yeah. dialogue about that. They just want to say it's great well, and welcome, move on. Welcome to the internet, yeah. which is Zola's point. There we go. We did it. Perfect. Um... So it yeah, opened on just, the 30th. Wanna... Go ahead. Yeah, I just want to make the last point. I've, I've been definitely, you know, I have a lot of issues with it, which is why it didn't quite crack my top five. But I did really enjoy it, just to clarify. And I do recommend it to anyone who was interested in seeing something like this. Uh, Ryan, you made the Harmony Corinne comparison, which I think is definitely apt. But that said, I like this way more than something like Spring Breakers. Oh, that yeah. Movie is just that movie weird is... weird and gross and toxic and just ugly. Well, I will... This yeah. movie is, like, entertaining and, like, even if it's about, like, weird, gross, lurid subject matter, it presents it in a way more engaging and interesting way yeah. Yeah. than something like that was just about, like, terrible people being terrible together. Yeah, I think, you and know, here's the Spring thing. Breakers yeah, movie was... that... At least has interesting things, I will say, going on. But then it also has, like, James Franco. I do like this. I do not. I like this more than Spring Breakers. But I much prefer something crazy and weird out there like the Beach Bum than something like this. Fair so. enough. I, I would say Zola, Spring Breakers, Beach Bum is my yeah. order. But mileage varies. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it came out in 1,400 theaters. That's wow. bigger than I expected. Wow. Um, I, guess, I guess at this point, theaters are basically open. Right. Well, there's still. I mean, there are. There might be some that are closed, but by and large, they're and open. I don't know if it are. It depends on the state for full capacity. So yeah, so I, mean, I think I'll tell you this in Florida, we're at full capacity right now for all. Well, the Miles, theaters. I mean, I'm in Texas. Think, we're, we're both states are, are just like let's go full I mean, steam ahead. You know what I mean? So, I mean, my state's not insane, but I think we are at full capacity <laughs> if you're vaccinated. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, but here's the thing. My guess is, if you're a24 you normally wouldn't go wide on this but i guess you might also have gotten like a really good theater share My, you know like the theaters need to fill up their you know if you have a 12 plex what are you gonna run six screens of f9 at some point that's gonna run, yeah, out. run out next week yeah well, so it's get, also worth mentioning that there weren't any other really big um theatrical releases this this past week that would, yeah, purge? That would play the purge? to a similar audience forever was well, well purge yeah, of, purge and boss baby are supposed to do decent yeah but like so here's the i estimates. get what you're saying miles i'm just i'm just messing around. um there's no F9 yeah there's no there's black against. widow comes no, out F, next f9's week, right? so. yeah f9's exactly. supposed to make about 25 million to 30 That's million good. this weekend Boss Baby about fifteen, Forever Purge about ten. Forever Purge I think is a is theater only. I think if this made like two or three, that would be a pretty successful. Well, that's the thing. They're expecting two to four. It made five hundred k on its first day. That's pretty good. Okay. So it that's is pretty good. Uh, as of well, they marketed it yeah. well. I think yeah, as and it's a short film. Box yeah yeah, yeah. and box office mojo, which is terrible now, so I don't really use God. it. But this is Sunday morning. I don't think it has anything beyond Saturday or Friday. It's at one point two million. Wow! So it's doing it's doing that's, well. That's pretty enough. well for a, for a movie like that too, because it is also yeah, it's, not it's, like 
it's not very universal, I guess you would say. No, it's yeah, it's, it's very it's out not there. Appealing. So good for it. Yeah, good for yeah, it. Yeah, so it's not appealing to everyone. But anyway, we can we can see if it brings Steve back. Big, we can. Yeah, let's bring Steve back. Also, one last thing. I'm that, back. Hey, Steve. One last thing that I think is kind of uh, a fun detail just for me is because I live in Florida. Um, the all the strip clubs uh, parts of it. No, you went, no, and, you well, I can't speak to that. Mm-hmm. But on uh, on on, on live mic, it's accurate. Yeah. It's accurate yeah. is what I'll say. But the one fun detail is that the bridge they're on at the end is uh, near St. Petersburg. I was actually driving on that bridge both to and from the place where I proposed to my girlfriend earlier this year. Aww. You mean your fiance? Now my fiance. My yes. fiance. No, no, no. He proposed to, go to, to his the, girlfriend and his fiance. Your future wife. Yeah. How dare you. But <laughs> yes. no, uh, to go back to the point about whether you need to read the Twitter thread or not, I had, but she hadn't. Mm. And it was an interesting thing because I knew what was going on, but I was still engaged with the filmmaking. She had no idea what was happening. And the entire film, she was just like, what? Oh, okay. What? See, see, that's what I'm saying. Is that like, you know, hmm. for some it Fair was enough. shocking and others well, here... it wasn't. All right. So we have a game to play, but first I want to do a quick thing because we uh, we don't have a Mount Rushmore this oh, week. Oh, man. We take I a week off on that. But I'm going to do something similar because I saw on uh, Twitter yesterday that you can – one of those, like, here's a bunch of horror movies. You can only pick five. Oh, yeah. So let's do that. Um, I'm going to read them off. You guys write down your five, and then we'll compare notes. This will be kind of like a Mount Rushmore. Okay. Oh, Here are the movies. To write down. Yeah, or just, you know, remember them as I say them. But <laughs> no, I won't that's, be able to that's do that. That's hard. You. All right, go ahead. All right. Here we go. Everyone ready? Ready. Ready. Steve? All right. The Cabin in the Woods. The Conjuring. The Babadook. The Witch. Get Out. It. A Quiet Place. Halloween. The Lighthouse. It Comes at Night. Mother. Ready or Not. The Ritual. Insidious, Devil, Suspiria, You're Next, Evil Dead, The Lodge, Tusk, A Serbian Film, The Autopsy of Jane Doe, The Woman in Black, Mama, Train to Busan, Bird Box, Split, Grave Encounters, Doctor Sleep, Lights Out, Gerald's Game, Us, Midsummer. It Follows, The Visit, The Purge, Crimson Peak, Black Swan, Hereditary, Don't Breathe. What are your five? Oh my god, there's so many. Hold on. <laughs> I will do mine. I'll do mine first because it was pretty easy for me. Uh, the Cabin in the Woods, one. Mother, two. I'm not going in order. I'm just going down the oh, line. Quick Tusk. question. What are we basing? What is the the basis of uh, the way we rank is it is it scariest or is don't it don't even it's not rank just pick five that you like the best like personal preference but just yeah. just enjoyed it okay not not scariest <laughs> yeah, so, yeah okay no no cabin in the woods do you, mind, do you mind going through the whole list again because i'm sure i missed a few while trying to write some down yeah i guess sure some. why not <sighs> i wrote i wrote down <sighs> it so far and only, cabin in the woods only conjuring babadook witch get out it quiet place halloween Lighthouse, It Comes at Night, Mother, Ready or Not, Ritual, Insidious, Devil, Suspiria, You're Next, Evil Dead, The Lodge, Tusk, A Serbian Film, The Autopsy of Jane Doe, The Woman in Black, Mama, Train to Busan, Bird Box, Split, 
Grave Encounters, Dr. Sleep, Lights Out, Gerald's Game, Us, Midsummer, It Follows, The Visit, The Purge, Crimson Peak, Black Swan, Hereditary, Don't Breathe. Now I can take a breath. Here, my One five, Cabin I'm in the Woods. No. no. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. One more time. Huck. One more time. Cabin it's in the Woods. It's really hard narrowing it down to five. There's like ten I could pick there. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to narrow it down easily for myself. Cabin in the Woods. Mother. Tusk. Well, of course you have Tusk. It follows Black Swan. That was easy. Um, These are just in order of just the five, right? It's not in order of preference. Yeah, I, I didn't put them in order. I just went down um, the list. I have mine. Uh, I do the the cabin in the woods, the conjuring, the Babadook, us. So the first three I mentioned. Yes, us, and Suspiria. I All do. Right. I I would put Mother in there, but I, I don't. I don't know if it's traditional horror. It's just like you know, I don't know. So that's why that's yeah. why I would put something like Suspiria in there over Mother. I wouldn't call Suspiria traditional horror either. Oh, I think that ending is like, well, I guess both endings are. I mean, we're talking about the new one. Yes, the, yeah, the new one. The, yeah. God, I hate that movie. <laughs> oh, I fucking love that God, movie. God, it's so good. It's pretentious as fuck. I just don't like Luca Guadagnino. Yeah, I can't, a, I can't with his movies. That might be the only one of his I've seen. <laughs> oh, I love, that's the only Luca Guadagnino film you've seen? I think it You never saw be, Call I, Me By Your Name? Splash. I missed Call Me By Your Name and A Bigger Splash. They've both been on my list for a, a while now, but I just haven't gotten around to it. Wow. And you I just mean, missed Gate Bride Month, so you didn't ca- cross that off your list, Miles? How dare you? Well, I don't watch movies to coincide with Halloween well, so soon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so you don't watch any Christmas movies? I don't. Now, let's go ahead and wrap this up so I can start watching Independence okay. Day. Anyway. <laughs> Very fair. Hmm. Um, okay, so I'm going to break the rules because I can't narrow it down to five. I just can't. So I've got seven. Sorry. I mean, I'll just eliminate two yeah, of them. It's we'll fine. eliminate the first and the last one. Well, better okay. not. So here's what I got. I mean, I can if... No, just just do know. it. It's fine. I just, I just fine. don't want to. I don't want okay. to. Okay. Okay, I got Cabin in the Woods. Okay. Get That's Out. eliminated. I'm just kidding. The Lighthouse. Yeah. Train to Busan. Suspiria. Hereditary, ready or not. Right. We eliminate hereditary and ready or not. And get rid of ready or not. No, I love ready, ready or not. That's bad. Yeah, that's good too. Suspiria and hereditary go away. All right. Steve, go. It's good bloody fun. All right. Halloween for Steve. I. Yeah. Just Halloween five Halloween times. Five times. Yeah. I. I just say I say that in front of the mirror and then my. DVR <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I'm gonna go uh, with Cabin in the Woods. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on the fence, but I'm going to stick with Mother as well. Train to Busan, Doctor mm-hmm. Sleep, and Us. Nice, Ooh. cool. All right. So before we wrap up, we have a game. So uh, it's time to play America's favorite game show that they're just learning about right now. Cannes Film Festival trivia. So yes, we're talking oh, Jesus. previous. Oh, Previous Palm Door winners. I've never heard so Steve have... more enthusiastic about some bit that we've done on the show than this. Well, he's he he's not up on the trivia, so it's going to be guesswork for him. So here's what we're going to do. I will read you 
one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten films. You will tell me, did it win the Palm d'Or? All right. Now, what? Well, here's the tricky part. You have a chance to get two points because you can tell me if it won the Palm d'Or, and no cheating. You can tell me one of the films it beat in competition. If it lost the Palm d'Or, you can tell me what it lost to. And you can get a second point if you do one of those two things. Okay. All right. So, honor system. Everyone ready? Ready. All right. You got. Let me open Google. (laughs) Yeah. Great. And then he still loses. All right. First up Marty, Best Picture winner, 1955. Did it win the Palm Door? Yes. And we're going to go, we were, I guess we're going to go Ryan, Miles, Steve. Okay. I, yeah, Marty won R- the Palm Door. Miles? Yes. Steve? No, it didn't. Okay. Answer's locked in. Marty did, in fact, win the Palm Door. So, that is... Oh, you said Marty. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so that is a point for Miles, a point for Ryan, and Steve gets slapped. <laughs> Miles, Ryan, Steve, does anyone want to take a crack at what else was in the lineup, or are we going to skip over that part? You know what? Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to simplify it. Only happens if it didn't win the Palm Door. If you can tell me what it lo- what was the winner, you get a bonus point. Okay. All right. So there we go. Life's easier that way. All right. Number two. Room... At the top, Best Picture nominee, winner of Best Actress and Best Adapted Screenplay in 1959. Did it win the Palm d'Or? Um, I'm going to say no. Miles? I'm going to also say no. I'm going to say yes. Room at the top. Lost the Palm Door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, for everyone, for a chance to get a get a third point for Miles and Ryan, and for Steve to get on the board, what did it lose the Palm Door to? You said nineteen fifty nine. Yes. Can we pull up a list of films for that, or do we? You cannot. Okay. You cannot look at anything. And you know what? I'm going to make it even... I'm going to add another wrinkle to the game. You're risking your point. Yeah. For the extra oh, point. I'm just not going to answer because I don't fucking know. I, I'm well, pretty confident it. it's one film. or two films, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to... I'm not going to touch it. You don't want to no. take a risk? You don't want to try to take the lead? No. All no. right. Steve, you want to... Ryan, you want to try? It's either one or the other. And they're not from the same person. Go for it, Ryan. But I think they're both in the Criterion Collection, if I'm not mistaken, and I own them both. Um, no, I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. No, 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 no. I don't want to lose the point. So we're all we're staying where yes. we are. All right, two two zero. What was the film? Room at the t- room at the top. Lost the Palm Door to Black Orpheus. God damn it! That was one of the films. See, when you don't when you don't risk, you don't yeah. win. You don't was gain. that a La Dolce Vita? 
I couldn't yeah, that's what I was going to guess. I couldn't. I was like, <laughs> there you go. Steve. I was. I seriously was. Yeah, I was. you can't. I couldn't I remember. Like, I think La Dolce Vita is sixty. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So I'm always like a year or two off with films. Yeah. Yeah. That's my problem. Well, I wouldn't have guessed that in a million years. <laughs> Sorry, when you own all the criterions, it's it's pretty easy. I would have guessed the wrong one in a million years, not the right film. Yeah. So, but I was all right. So close to matching Ryan's wrong answer. Well, Miles is still tied with Ryan. Dr. Zhivago, Best Picture nominee, winner of five Oscars, 1965. Did it win the Palme d'Or? No. 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 Dr. Zhivago lost the Palme d'Or. Told you. Steve is on the board now. What did it lose the Palme d'Or to? What year are we looking at? 1965. You shouldn't be looking at years anyway. Well, well it's not kind looking of at anything. I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what I'm, saying. Mm. I'm actually looking at my out my window. Is that allowed? Um, 65. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like Steve's looking for it real hard. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm sitting here. Does anyone know remember? I know, it's not a notable film. It's a. It's a. I think it's a very forgettable film. I, I want to say because I, I know the collector was that year as well, but it was the opening film from 1965. But it. But and Zhivago didn't win. So yeah, it would. I don't know what the film was. It was something not high profiled, I believe. All right, that's not a guess, but fair enough. <laughs> that um, is, Miles. Are you are you willing to uh, take a crack? I haven't the foggiest. All I right. think you have a better shot with these guys if it was the newer ones, but the older ones. Yeah. yeah. There's a couple yeah. in it. We're going know, in order. I know. I know. Dr. Zhivago lost the Palm d'Or to a man and a woman and the birds, the bees, and the Italians, which tied for the award. Oh, Are you sure that was... That's what this thing says. It's possible that they're wrong. No, no, no. It's a pretty but wide it answer. definitely didn't Everyone win the Palm d'Or. guessed the wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on. 1970. All right. MASH. Best Picture nominee and Adapted Screenplay winner of 1970. Did it win the Palme d'Or? Yeah, it won the Palme d'Or. Yeah. Yeah. It's Altman. I know a lot about Altman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Won the Palme d'Or. You know, you may want not want to be super confident because then you're just telling Miles to guess the next one properly. Yeah. Considering you're tied. Yeah. You may not well, want to be like, you know, sure I'm right. He, he could think that I'm bullshitting okay. here. You never know. Okay, maybe maybe he is. Well, call it a hunch, but I'm going to say yes. And whether it did or not, it deserves to. Yes. Steve? Call it a hunch. I'm going to say no, because I need to catch up. MASH won the Palm Door. Like I said, it did not lose. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a... Uh... It won in a weak year, so if you looked at the lineup, you would be stunned if it hadn't won. Yeah. All right. Now we're getting into ones that I feel like, with one exception, you really should know. First up, Taxi Driver, Best Picture nominee of 1976. Did Taxi Driver win the Palme d'Or? Oh. Yeah, I'll go with... Admittedly, this is the first one that I know. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go with this. Yeah, Yes. I'm not confident. 
I'm I'm gonna break. I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say See? no as well. Taxi driver won the Palm Door. Damn it! Oh, wow. Uh, the beat uh, the tenant was one of the films that year that was up for a tenant. The tenant. <laughs> I was about to say no. ahead of it. Wow. No, no, I think geez. we should have a reevaluation of that movie now. Yeah, that's what you want. More people to watch that movie a year later. Yeah, that's gonna watch it in your favor. It's on HBO Max. Your comment. I have seen it. That you knew this one. All right, put on you subtitles. Need. You'll need. You them. won't need them. Yeah. It's just people have you bad hearing. Need them. I have no idea what half of the dialogue was. Oh yeah, movie. I quote it all the time. All right, Chariots of Fire, Best Picture nominee. I'm sorry, winner. In 1981, on the road to Oscar glory, did it win the Palm Door? No. No. Yes. <laughs> Steve, Jesus Christ! I, li- I like Steve's Jesus strategy. Christ. Just be <laughs> opposite of us. <laughs> it's worked out so Chariots far. Chariots right? of Fire <laughs> lost the Palm Door. Yes. <laughs> Now, Steve, you know, if you guess what won the Palm Door, you can still add a point. Because it is 6-5-1 right now. I'm just throwing it out there. Um, <laughs> or he can guess. Four left. Or he can guess and you would lose have to... the point, which would be hysterical. Yeah. I'm going to avoid losing that point. 81. All right. Considering, Ryan, you're up by one point. You want to try to add to your Yeah, lead? I'm going to just not, because I know Miles isn't going to try. Right. So. Miles? I am not going to try. Do you have a guess? Chariots of Fire lost. So we're not no. guessing. All right. It lost to Man of Iron. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. One, I'm putting that on for 4th of July at the barbecue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we're on to 1986. <laughs> the Mission, nominated for Best Picture, won Best Cinematography. Did The Mission win the Palm d'Or? Um, what is Yes. Yes. No. God damn it, Steve. It never gets not funny. <laughs> the mission won the Palm Door, beating <laughs> films such as After Hours, mm-hmm. Down by Law, Mona Lisa, and The Sacrifice. My sacrifice. 7-6-1 seven, seven, is our score. Hey, Miles, you, you want to... No, I'm just kidding. This is like, this is like golf, right? We're going to... Uh... We want the low score. I feel like I feel like we yeah. should give Steve a point just for his participation. I, well, since I, you're he, ahead, I think that point. Can no, come I think from it's you. Uh, Miles. It can come from you. Hey, just so you know, I signed my name wrong, so there I lost another point. There you go. All right. Well, I here we go. My last name. Next up, <clears throat> we're into modern ones. You should know these. 2002. The Pianist, Best Picture nominee, winner of actor, adapted screenplay, and director. Did Roman Polanski's penis win the Palm d'Or? Oh, God. That's so gross that you had to say that out loud, you sick man. Um, but yes, the movie did win the Palm d'Or. <clears throat> yes, even though it's not a great movie. Yes, it did. Always mixing it up, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, the pianist won the Palm Door. Go with the crowd, Steve. Go with the crowd. Eight seven two, and to make uh, 
Miles even madder, hit one the Palm Door over, about Schmidt, oh. Punch Drunk Love, <laughs> Russian oh. Ark, The Man Without a Past, and Unknown Pleasures. God damn it. Unknown right, Pleasures. Eight, seven, two. Those damn sneaky French. That's <clears throat> Well, Steve is eliminated, but he's still playing. It's fun to see him try. Yeah. Eight, eight to seven. Uh, Ryan has uh, run the the list so far. I know my palm door. Yeah, and Miles, you gotta you gotta, you gotta go for one of those guesses at some point. You got two left, so if you hold serve, if there's one that lost, and there might be, oh, 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 oh. or maybe there's not, you may wanna you may wanna figure that out. If we end up with a tie, I have a bonus one. So uh, I, I can't tell you. One. Yeah. All right, come on, I can win this. <laughs> Babel. Anything's Babel. possible. Steve. Anything's possible. Steve. Babel, best picture nominee, winner of best score, two thousand six. Did Babel win the Palm Door? No. Uh, it did not. Though it is a very good film. I'm agreeing. It did not. Babel. Lost the palm door. Now, 983. What did it lose the palm door to? If Ryan gets this right, he can almost clinch. Actually, no, no, he, 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 if he gets, if he gets this guess right and does anything right in the next round, he clinches. Miles, you can tie him. Steve, you can, you can maybe get second place if all goes well. If all goes well, you have to have a miracle. But, Joey, I like to solve the puzzle. All right, well, hang on. But let Miles go first to solve the puzzle. Let Miles go first. If he wants to take the guess. What year was this? 2006. This is 2006. I do know this one, actually. Um... Well, then. well, wait. Here's, we're going to do a wild thing right now because you both claim to know mm-hmm. it. Send me the answers. So neither one of you informs the other. Right. I want to see if you're both right. And Steve, feel free to guess in a moment. Okay, actually, no. I th- I'm actually quite confident in this one. Hold on. Can you hear the pitter-patter of little fingers on keys? Joey, I'm sending it to you, text message. As long as it pops up on my phone, I don't care how. Ooh, that's, that's gross. Okay. We have one result in. We have two results in. Steve, would you like to take a guess? Or do you want to sure, sit I'll on throw mine in. <laughs> it's probably going to be like Superman. Oh come on! That would I'm gonna scary. I'm gonna not count Steve's because he he predict he said Porky's, which is about <laughs> thirty years off. Does that mean he doesn't have any points? It would have put him down to two, but I'm gonna I'm gonna forego penalizing him there. Thank you. Uh, but the score is now ten to nine because both Miles and Ryan got the win that shakes the barley. Correct. And that's one of those one wins for Ken Loach that he has. Yep. Now we come to the last one. No Country for Old Men. Best Picture winner of 2007. Did No Country for Old Men begin its Oscar march, where it won most things? Was one of those things the Palm Door? No. No. Steve? No. No Country for Old Men lost the palm door mm-hmm. miles what did it lose to if you get it right you can tie ryan 
Ryan, do you know, the, do answer? know the answer? Yeah. Send me the answer. Yeah, it was Porky's 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. They, now they, they, they wanted to award it for the sequel that didn't win, or the, the original that didn't win the year before, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, Steve did lose a point for that one. So Steve wraps up on three. Wait, did you give Steve a point for the Porky's thing? No, no, I took. I didn't take away the first one. Okay. But now I took away a point for the second one. Now, Miles, send me what me, No Country for Old Men lost to. Send it to you, okay? Because I don't want I don't want Miles uh, Ryan to say it. Guys, it's not Porky's. <laughs> no, it's Police Academy. Thanks. It's Police Academy. <laughs> it's Mission to Moscow. Oh my God! Oh, that was a good one. Ryan's answer is in Miles. A global say adventure. your answer. The answer is four months, three weeks, and two days. Miles is correct to give him eleven points. Oh my gosh! Unfortunately, what? Ryan was also correct. Yeah. Ryan wins twelve, eleven to three. Nice Second job, one. Ryan. Well, I'm really glad I went for it on the last <laughs> few. I mean, that you, really you made need, a difference. You should have gone in I the sixties too. <laughs> I don't fucking know Palm Door winners from the 60s. Well, Get out well of here. Well, then you're not dedicated oh, wait, 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 to the wait, wait, game wait. as I am. I'm going to do something wild now. Steve's three points are up for grabs. Whoever gets this question right wins the game. Okay. Hmm. Oh, man. All right. Hang on. I have a question in mind. I'm being it's pruned. Palm, it's not Palm Door. It's not Palm Door related? Well, then no. what the hell? Oh, I might, I might, I might have a chance Son now. Son of a bitch. It's got to be completely random. Um... Porkies <laughs> received two nominations in the 1980s. From, I'll give you two, I'll give you multiple things for the three points, okay? There's three points up for grabs. One, tell me what award show cited Porkies for one point. Two, Tell me what it won. And three, if you can tell me the other thing it was nominated for. So it was up for two awards. It won one, it lost one. If you can name both of those, you get two. And if you can tell me the award show, you get a third point. You don't lose anything for a wrong answer. Oh, okay. If Miles stumbles upon a correct answer, he can he can tie you. Miles, don't you be looking. I'm not looking. Right. I'm just tapping into my deep well of Porky's awards. <laughs> it's it's well, what you were brought on this website for. Yeah. Well, think of it. So, what do we what do we know about Porky's? Right, directed by Bob Clark. Don't right. help out. If he doesn't get it, he doesn't get it. <laughs> He's feeling a little scared now. Well, I know it was probably nominated for. I don't know, probably some random award show for like a acting Oscar or acting award, not an Oscar, but an award. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a shot in the dark here. Okay, here we go. And I, I have that. All right. I'm not sure about the uh, award show. About the the show, yeah, but did. Doug McGrath get Son nominated of a bitch. for Best Supporting Actor for something. 
He did, in fact, get nominated. Son of a bitch! That is... We have a, we have a tie. <laughs> that was... That was pure luck. <laughs> well, then you can use your tiebreaker <coughs> question, Joey. Well, does anyone know? Do either of you know the other the other nom- thing it won, it like an, or the awards? Is it show? like the equivalent of like a best picture? It's like a thing. It's a weird thing. So here's what I'll do. Can you tell me the award show? Was it specific to like the eighties, or do they still have them now? Come on, guys! Uh, do they still have it now? Is an interesting question. Um, I will say it's a Canadian award. Oh well, those don't <laughs> exist. Um, sorry, the Porky's Door Award. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I I wouldn't know that even if you gave it to me. Uh, it has uh, not existed since twenty twelve. The Genie Awards. Oh. oh. Of course. Robin Williams kept him alive for a long while. <coughs> Very nice. So, are we ending on a tie? Or are we going? With one well, don't more, you have? Uh, don't do you, you have a uh, a tiebreaker from Palm Question? I do. I do have more. I have yeah. more. So why don't we just do that? But now I, the problem is, I'm trying to pick one that it'll be fair because you know your Palm Door. Anything new, I think, is a lock for you. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, we could both get it right, but then the film that isn't right. Or I don't pick one of those. Okay. Um, Here, Miles, since you're coming for the win, Mm. what year do you want? I'll let you pick the year. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, We'll pick a year that you feel like you know movies best. This is bull. Well, no, this could work for you, Ryan. What if he picks a year where the the film won the Palm Door? He doesn't get a shot at the second point. Pick 2019. Yeah. Let's go with 1991. Did Barton Fink win the Palm Door? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Steve. Sure, Steve. Steve's point up for grabs. Yeah, Steve's point. He's trying to gain him back. That's the thing. I want to win this whole damn thing. <laughs> Barton Fink won the Palm yeah, Door. We remain tied. You want to, Ryan? You pick a year. Just keep going until somebody gets a, a gets up by a point. Mm. What's a good year? Nineteen eighty four. Nineteen eighty four. Nineteen eighty four. Did Paris, Texas win the Palm Door? Let Miles answer first. How about we do that? All right. Yes, it was tied with the Battle of Narayama. Yes, it won. They were two separate years. Ryan is our champion. Yeah. Yeah. They did win the Palm d'Or. They won in 83 and 84. Mm-hmm. 
So there you go. Excellent shot. Eighty-two miles was a tie between missing and the way. Okay. Then my memory well, is no, but you were you were right on though with the the yeah, two years. I mean, there were other though. years. Eighty. 80, all that jazz tied with uh, Kagamusha. Yeah, yeah. 79, Apocalypse Now tied with Tin Drum. There were we don't have a lot there. more ties anymore, which is kind of crazy. I think with the jury system now, they tried to avoid that. I think it's not. I think in 93 might have been the last one. No, yeah. wait, no, 97. Yeah. 93. We're not going to ever. Farewell I don't, My Concubine. I don't think we're ever. No, we're never going to have no, it again. We'll never do Farewell it. My Concubine and the Piano tied in 93. Which I mean. And also normally when when there's a tie, at least one of the films is a little more, um, commercial. No, well, yeah, one's more commercial and the other one's very them. So, yeah. Or in the case of 97, when taste of cherry and the eel wins, you haven't heard of. Yeah. Or they're just like, no, they know who they are because they're trying to award, um, their favorites. So, yeah, I mean, I will, I will say you could have easily have seen, let's say, um, the year that Fahrenheit 9-11 won. Yeah. That would have been a good year for a tie. Yeah. Because they were clearly being political, which is fine. Yeah, I mean, and it's a good movie. You, I, I love the yeah. movie, but I I would argue that... I would argue, though, it's more of a statement than an actual film, win. Yeah. Yes. Um, especially in a year where you had... Um, and maybe I like these movies, maybe I don't, but I'm just going to say, like, these are definitely films that were... Did he win the... Pegged as likely winners. 2046... Um, the Motorcycle Diaries, Old Boy. Oh, yeah. He did he go on? He didn't go on to win the Oscar for that one. He just won it for Columbine, right? Bowling for Columbine. Yeah, it was not eligible. Actually. Yeah, because of the whole because of his Oscar speech, right? The wines. No, the Weinstein's put it in Best Picture when they didn't submit it for documentary or some nonsense like that. Oh, that was never going to happen there. No, 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 no. There was something with that. I don't yeah, remember course, exactly uh, yeah. what. I know yeah, they were yeah. something of that note happened. I'm sure that they didn't mean to do that. It kind of feels like they would buy a movie and then try to. It's it's known that that asshole sabotaged a lot of people's Oscar runs, so it was not surprising. Yeah, no, he was not above yeah. that because he's a soulless son of a bitch. Turns out he was not above a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, so oh, many, Jesus. so many. Uh, it's funny. There are so many. I didn't know where you were going with that, and I, yeah. you know, so I thought it was going to be a hell of a lot worse, Miles, than what. One of the publicists that I'm that I'm very friendly with, um, she used to work for him, and oh. years ago, one of her responsibilities was, I don't remember what day it was. It could have been Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, whatever night it was, was to call him with the reviews. Oh Jesus! For the film that they were worried about, and just have to listen as he reacted to like, all right, here's the reviews for you know, Fahrenheit 9/11. Oh good God. Apparently, she was definitely the recipient, at least once, of, like, the I'm sorry I yelled at you flowers that are a hallmark of Harvey Weinstein. Besides the, like, other stuff that is now a hallmark of him. I mean, just put him on mute, and it's good work if you can get it. I was about to say, she probably did. Just put him on mute and be like, all right, Harv, the next one. All right, next one. Um, Rolling Stone. No. He might have been distracted anyway. Jackie Brown. Here you go. Right? And... I will say, in the time it took us to play this game, Ryan McDermott has sent in a uh, Mount Rushmore. Oh, oh fabulous. Well, there you go. And a, a filmaholic face Oh, my God. That's so, a good way to end the show. There we go. It works out. Filmaholic face-off. Recent Scar Johansson face-off. Ooh. Who doesn't like a Scar Joe? Our finest 
Asian actress. She can play a not. tree or anything. No. <laughs> I will not have the ScarJo slander. Mrs. Jost. In this house, we <laughs> we stand a ScarJo. This is this is how that works. I said that sounds right, right? I mean, you definitely said words. Yeah. I think that I think it sounded right. I don't know. I'm an old man now. All right. Marriage Story or Jojo Rabbit? And we'll go uh, Miles Ryan, Steve. Uh, I probably like Jojo Rabbit as a movie. Only slightly more than Marriage Story, but I think she gives a better performance in Marriage Story. So it depends on how we're... I guess is it just down to personal preference? Yeah. I mean, pick whatever you want. I, we, we, <laughs> we're not we don't doing this Mark Johnson the stuff on this show anymore. Okay. Um, I'm gonna give Combine Edge the... to Marriage Story, but they're both wonderful. All right, I give it a, I give it a Jojo Rabbit because it's a good movie. Grr. And Marriage Story isn't. Wrong. All right, Steve. Uh, I'm gonna go with Jojo Rabbit as well, and I like both. <clears throat> I'm gonna go with Marriage Story. Mm. I, 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 in her favor in both. Though I will say she's surprisingly great in Jojo yeah. Rabbit. I was not expecting. Very, oh, very, very so, yeah, yeah, very. Very warm. Yeah. Expectedly great in Marriage Story. That's that's the type of role she I knew she could well, do. She, Jojo she, Rabbit was a little bit of a... Yes, uh, she was. Uh, <clears throat> Shut up. All right. Avengers Endgame or Captain America the Winter Soldier? Mm. Avengers Endgame. It's the best of the MCU. Mm, I'd probably say uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah, she's really... She's having a lot of fun in that film. And uh, and it's it's better than Endgame. So I'll go with that. Though I like Endgame. Since I'm not a fan of Winter Soldier, I'm going to go Endgame. Wow. She might be slightly better in Winter Soldier, but Endgame is so much better of a movie <clears throat> that it's hard to not go there. And she's part of the reason why it works. Yeah. So I'll she's go, just, I'll I go don't Endgame. think she just has a lot to do in Endgame. There's so much more mm-hmm. to that. Well, she has one very big thing. Well, I, I understand yes. that. Um, but, you know, anyway. Fair uh, well, I think the ensemble is the ensemble yeah. because you want to like say goodbye and spend time with them and such. Yeah. Uh, next up, Hail Caesar or Chef? Oh, I forgot she was in Hail Caesar. <laughs> I think most people in Hail Caesar forgot they were in Oh, Hail stop it. That's a good movie. Don't. It's it not is a, a thoroughly average It's Coen a Brothers wonderful movie, Coen Which is Brothers. still better than most people's movies. Yeah, it's but... a great film. Except Alden Ehrenreich. He's going to be riding that. Oh, my God. He's, he was so good in that movie. Oh, he steals the show. Him and, him and Ray Fiennes. Close to it since. Him and Ray Fiennes. And Ray Fiennes. Oh, well, that scene they have together is one of the funniest it's, scenes yeah. in recent memory. I watched, we, yeah. We went to a... Uh, yeah. that's, that said, I'm going to go chef. Yeah, I remember the double date, me or the um, double feature on a date that me and my wife mm-hmm. went on. We saw that and the nice guys back to back. And we couldn't decide cool. which one we laughed at more because we loved well, it. Only one was good, so. Don't, is that <laughs> Hale, Is that the nice guys for you? Yeah, well, I'm not a Coen Brothers oh, fan, well, so I think we knew where I was going I, with that. I, well, I didn't know that. And I'm also a Gosling fan. Like, the odds were really stacked yeah, in one way there. Yeah. See, I didn't like The Nice Guys, and I was really excited for no, it. It's aged well, yeah, Miles. You should it. give it a rewatch. It's really, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, I like both of the films a lot. I would go, though, with Chef, because that's surprisingly just a, a really good movie, and I, I love food movies. So. Yep, same. It's making me hungry just thinking yeah. about it. It's same here, and I'm going to go with Chef as well. Chef for the sweep. And under the radar, really good food movie coming up, Pig. Well, I was going to say Roadrunner. 
but that's not really a- Roadrunner. Roadrunner, and I would I would say Pig is more about food than Roadrunner. Yeah, I watched Roadrunner, and um, yeah. it made me sad. I have to keep reminding myself that it's about Anthony Bourdain and not some kind of space jam spin-off. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather watch a Roadrunner movie than a Space Jam no, sequel. I want to watch a Space Jam sequel. Let's do it. Oh, I will be soon. I Porky no Pig rapping? Sign me up. Porky Pig rapping? The Notorious yeah. P.I.G.? Oh, my God. Isle of Dogs or The Jungle Book? Uh, I'm going to say The Jungle Book. It was surprisingly good. Isle of Dogs I liked, but I didn't love as much as I was expecting to. Yeah. Um, Isle of Dogs, because I'll take anything Wes Anderson does over a live-action Disney film. I will go with Isle of Dogs as well. Uh, Anderson's animations are great. so They are fantastic. Uh, I uh, usually only like Wes Anderson when he's animated, so I will go Isle of Dogs. Because I love dogs. You love dogs, too. That helps. Uh, right, anyway. There we go. This is the first time anyone knew that that was what the, the pun was, right? I'm, I'm, I'm breaking news there, right? No. Goddamn. <laughs> yes, I knew yeah, that. Go, yeah, go and that finally, on the, the one designed. Yeah. Yes. And finally, hey, listen, I will assign you news stories. Watch <laughs> out. Um, and finally, the one that's meant just to hurt me, her, or under the skin. Oh. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah. God, those are good choices. Damn you, Ryan. Did your best. Damn you. That is a that that's the best face off we've had this round. Might have been sure. one of the better face offs we've ever had. For the record, uh, we are not damning Ryan. For no, record. no, just No, thank you. Thank Ryan. you, but also oh, There you go. Ah, <laughs> thank you. That is there you a, go. that is a ball buster. That is a that's rough. Mm. Okay. I love them both, to be clear, and she's great in both. I'm going to go with her. I think it's one of the best science fiction films of the last 10 years and one of the best love stories of the last 10 years. Yeah, I got to go with her. It's one of the best of the decade. Yeah. Because a decade is very different than 10 years. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, last 10 years could include 2011 to right now. I'm talking okay, about well, the decade. Hairs over. <laughs> no, well, a lot of people keep saying the last decade. And I'm like, you do know we're in a new decade. Now, I'm not saying that you, Miles. I'm just, you know, people in general. Uh, but yeah, it's one of the best of that of the two of the 2010s. And uh, under the skin, though, God, just both of them v- very different experiences. Um, mm-hmm. And I love them for it. And she's very great. different sides of Joe. Very different well. side of sci-fi. You know. Yep. So, yeah. and but her is just more rewatchable. <clears throat> You, you can, yeah, you know, that's more of a. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm about to go put think, in under the skin for the kiddos here, and you know, at the yeah, well, at that's the Fourth of July for the party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> here's See some fireworks, kids. I'm going her. <laughs> yeah, I'm going her too. It's a sweep, yeah. even though so close. so close. Ah, uh, and to wrap up, we're doing Mount Rushmore. Oh God! Oh, of course, Julianne Moore films. Oh, or performances okay. are. What do we know? Oh, do? What, wow. what, what, what do we do? It's performance. Well, I'm going to start with. Uh, so I think uh, clearly. Magnolia. I'm going to go with uh, Nine Months, <laughs> Assassins. Please tell me. The Lost Please World. Tell me you're joking. <laughs> and. Oh, The Lost World. That was. Oh, what a The prize winner of Defiance, Idaho. I, I, Ohio. Uh, the prize winner of Ohio. Uh, the prize winner of Defiance, Ohio. Say that. Yeah. Uh, you couldn't even say it once. Or say it once. Even. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so the fourth, well, I think following up on our PTA discussion from last week, I think 
either Magnolia or Boogie Nights has to be on there, surely. I, I'm putting both. I think both. I think they're. I think they're two of her top three performances. I would agree. So I think yeah. you can have two. I'm on board with that. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I gotta think look the, it up because I think she's had she's so had 106 films, yeah. projects. I mean, I feel like you could easily do those two. Far from heaven. Far from heaven. You gotta put far from heaven on there, or the Big Lebowski. It's great uh, in the Big Lebowski. Or the hours. Kids are all right. Children of men. I enjoyed shortcuts. A single man. Hannibal. No, I'm oh, she's great in a single man. Yeah. Oh, Chloe. Hey, get out of here. <laughs> Way better than Foster, right, Chloe. guys? Uh, Chloe, Don John, and then still Alice. Ah, oh, she's great. A single man. Too. She's great in a single man. She is great in a single man. I would. I would oh, be on board with that She's great in a one. single man, and I and so I love did, Crazy uh, Stupid Love. She's in that too, and part same. of the ensemble. I love that movie. So rewatching. I mean, I feel, so I feel like. I guess we're ignoring the one she won the Oscar yeah, for. Yeah, I don't remember what that movie. I is. think in this case, I remember we're ignoring it because the movie is very. Mediocre. You know what that movie is? Was that a joke? It's still Alice. You know. Yeah. Still Alice. So anybody? anybody? Here, yeah. So we can go Boogie Nights, Magnolia, then go Far From Heaven, and I think Lebowski. A single man. Or a single man. I would say single yeah. man over Lebowski, just in terms of her performance. I mean, I would say I would say Don John over all of them as like a. I like her in the. I like her in the Don hours John. too. Yeah, and she's getting that too. Uh, I mean, I'll sacrifice Magnolia for Don John. No, I'll sacrifice Boogie Nights before Magnolia. No, let's keep those but two. I think up. she's better in Boogie Nights. I keep those two and Far From Him. I think there's only just one spot, and I don't think it's Don right. John. I think it would. All right. I think a single man. Spots. I think a single man. I go with a single man. All right, so I we like got single man for that. Steve, Steve, you want to put something else up? If you pick a single man, I guess it's it's that. Because I'll say uh, Don John. No, I I like shortcuts, but no one's going oh, that route. Ooh. 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 Interesting. It's one of my least favorite Altmans. Oh, I will say she gives a wonderful performance in Maps to the Stars, a movie that is otherwise pretty terrible. I mean, if you want to talk about her first great performance it's safe in 95 she been doing bake robberies in that movie no she uh it's I'm, a todd haynes movie no i'm just kidding yes okay for an actress who, who does so well what, what's the uh what film would never be on on your uh seven the seventh son or more how did this say hannibal remake oh yeah both of those you are the seventh son of the seventh son Suburbicon. Suburbicon. Oh, God, that movie's awful. Or The Woman in the Window. Yeah, but I don't... Yeah, she oh, is, yeah. But that's more she? just like... Uh, it's and, not awful. And actually, she's, not she's, terrible. O- she's okay in it. She's, she's not okay, terrible yeah. in uh, it. We could also go Laws of Attraction. Oh, I like that. Her and Pierce Brosnan. Oh, that's a good film. Uh, we talked have... about The Lost World. Yeah, Lost World like, could be I up like there. <laughs> talking about a shit film. Uh, would you like The Ladies' Man? Ooh, The Ladies' Man. Evolution. I love that. <laughs> evolution. Yeah, evolution's bad. Remember that Wait. scene where they tried to read the periodic table off her tits? Yeah. Anyway. anyway. Yeah. Anyway, let's. <laughs> fine. It, it can be. It can be a single man. That's fine. All right. All right. A single man. That'll do it. Presumably, we have things to do today. I do. I have brunch to go to. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to have Independence fingers. Day to watch because I never watch themed movies. There you go. Yeah. Well, or Miles Brokeback. They have a scene at the fireworks show. 
That's sure do. true. They got a lot of Say fireworks where you in that. Be movie. followed, and uh, I don't know anything else you want to put out into the world. Ooh. Oh, mm-hmm. dealer's choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd under at Miles on Film. That's M Y L E S on Film. Uh, please check out my short films, American Exorcist and Once Upon a Dracula, both of which are on YouTube under Aftershock Pictures and Chase Capo, respectively. And um, what do I want to put out into the world? Well, here's a question before we go. Are we going to discuss No Sudden Move? Oh, I haven't seen it. Oh, then no. I guess in your final thoughts, you can bring up No Sudden Move. Okay, final thoughts. I did see No Sudden Move. It's fine. Um, It's got a lot of very good actors doing decent work, and it's got great cinematography and a lot of interesting things going on, but it's one of those movies where the plot gets a little bit too tangled for its own good. Uh, That's where I land on that. Ryan? Um, You can find me on Twitter at RyanMcQuaid77. Uh, I have not seen No Sudden Move yet. I, I plan to see it later this week. Um, but I have been since a certain somebody brought out a book this week. Um, a director by the name of Quentin Tarantino. Um, I that doesn't ring a bell. watched a couple. I think you think I think you're saying an author by the name of Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, it's a director. Oh, um, God. <laughs> an auteur. Um, uh, no, I watched a couple of his films that were on um, HBO and Showtime this week, which was just very coincidental. But I watched Django Unchained and had a, a, an absolute blast with it. I love that film. I think it's great. And then I watched the first um, half of one film uh, that I absolutely loved. It was the first half of one film. I can't state that enough. Um, and that was uh, Kill Bill. I watched the first, first half of Kill Bill uh, and all the way through, and it was great. And, uh, so I kind of, in, I'm in the mood to watch his movies again. I usually never get in the mood to watch his movies cause I've seen them so many times, but, um, with the book coming out and everything and, you know, probably going to put on once upon a time in Hollywood again this week, or maybe finish kill bill watching glorious bastards, Pulp fiction, something like that. Jackie Brown. Um, sounds like fun. Sounds like a fun week for me. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And, Oh, and I'm going to watch blue velvet this week for the first time in like years. And uh, and I can't wait to see that. So, yeah. cool, Steve. You can follow me on Twitter and Letterboxd at FilmSnork uh, to continue the conversation about No Sudden Move. Um, I agree with Miles. I think it started off great, but somewhere about the halfway point or the two thirds of the way point, I think it just got a little uh, little messy and something was lost there. I wasn't a big fan of the uh, the fisheye lens um little overused and distracting but i was very happy to see i guess you may have needed one and i'm sorry brendan fraser but i'm going to say it because uh brendan fraser uh it's great to see him back but there's a lot of him to be back i did not expect that i didn't actually didn't know who it was at first um i know he's got that movie coming out uh later on this year but uh it was good to see him back it's a good film recommend it but don't recommend it highly yeah, wait do you see him in the whale. Yeah, well, I was about to say he has to gain a. Lot I heard he had a whale of a good time. That was for that making that movie. Get so it. wait, so okay. w- with the whale, how much bigger is he going to be than this? This is. 
I'm sure they're going to give him some prosthetics because in the play he's like 600. I heard he was going to borrow the the costume that Justin whatever his face used for Tusk. Justin Long. Justin Long. I heard he was going to sort of look like that. Mm -hmm. They were going to give him a tail, you know, blowhole. But But it's a great cast too. It's uh, it's it's worth watching, but just don't go in with super high expectations, and you'll probably enjoy it. Okay. Yeah, I would say if you go in with relatively low expectations, you might be better off. Because well, yeah. mm-hmm. there's a lot of good stuff. Do I you like guys seeing usually... Don Cheadle in a lead role. I feel like he doesn't get to do those yeah. that often anymore. He does when, when it's Soderbergh. Well, exactly. Yeah. But like, I feel like most of his output of the last decade has been like War Machine yeah. and like char- and like side characters and things. So it's nice to see him get a lead role yeah. that he does well with. Yeah. And yeah, I was happy to see Brendan Fraser come back. Am I right about this? It kind of has mm-hmm. a Fargo right. series type feel to it, doesn't it? It's, I would agree with to that. To some degree. Yeah. I just, I just love watching Soderbergh. Yeah. In parts. So. Fair enough. Uh, you can follow me at Joy Magazine, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, and so on and so forth. Uh, Words Radar on several of those things. Sometimes it's me. More often than not, it's not. But still. Uh, I will say one thing that uh, we're doing this on the 4th of July. You will not hear it on the 4th of July, but... Uh, just in general, take uh, take some pity on our four-legged friends and don't be assholes with fireworks. Like today, oh, thank my dog. you, Joey. So, Good. That's the smartest like, thing you've ever said. Oh. I have uh, I have long argued. So I live in near Coney Island. So there's Friday night fireworks in the summer anyway. The bane of my dog's existence. Yep. I have uh, long joked, somewhat half seriously, that I'm gonna run for like local office as a one-platform candidate, just on banning fireworks or requiring silent fireworks. Uh, one issue candidate, and I'm going to uh, get a red hat made that says uh, "Make the tails wag again." Just gonna go like door to door on that again. Once upon a time they wagged, now they're done. These fireworks, we're not sending their best into the air. You know, whole thing. So yes, don't be an asshole with fireworks, and if you do, don't blow off a finger. But you know, if you make my dog sad, Jen, cancel the fireworks order. Finally. Um, and then, uh, on no sudden move, uh, review is up on the site now, by the time you're reading this, it's fine. Um, I, I, I also did like the beginning more than the end. Um, it's a Soderbergh movie. It's a Soderbergh movie that could have been made 10 years ago, five years ago. It's very much him almost, it's almost like his version of him in the way that Woody Allen makes his own movies over again at this point. I feel like this is Soderbergh just kind of remixing the things he does over again crime movie you can't fight city hall with whatever city hall might be everyone sort of ends up in the same place they were the score even felt very reminiscent of the oceans movies yeah it it reminded me a lot of if he had made burn after reading okay i can see that kind of a movie where a lot happens but ultimately almost nothing happens yeah like the the you know the the trinket you know, the, the red herring is, you know, incredibly useless, but clearly sort of just moves from person to person to person. It's fine. Like, I, I also was distracted by the fisheye lens, um, but I appreciate the choice. At least it's, you know, better than some of the iPhone movies he'd made. Yes. So I'll take it. All right. 
you guys can uh, flee now and enjoy your 4th of July. You guys will be hearing this on Thursday the, uh, like, 8th or something like that. Is that what it is? Thursday the 8th? Yes. Yeah, look at that. I got, I got my numbers right. Tell us in the comments how wrong we were about Loki. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Until next week, everyone, enjoy your holiday. Thank you for listening. Thank you for reading the site. And, uh, yeah, whether it's fireworks or in general, don't be an asshole. Stay safe, y'all. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in awards and entertainment content.